Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the Big Honker Podcast. We really appreciate it. Dive Bomb has a giveaway going on right now. I think they're going to pick a winner this week, so go over. I'll lay out the rules real quick. Dive Bomb is going to be hunting with us November 13th, 14th, and 15th. Uh, so they have decided to pick one lucky winner and you get to bring a friend and you get to come on that hunt with them. You get to come to the Big Honker Lodge. You come in the night of November 12th, hunt the morning of the 13th, 14th, and 15th. It includes lodging and breakfast. And you're going to get to win two dozen speckle belly decoys from Dive Bomb. And I've talked to the people over from Boss Shot Shells and they will also hook the winner up with some shotgun shells. So it's a hell of a giveaway. All you have to do, go to Dive Bomb Instagram. Make sure you follow Dive Bomb. Make sure you follow Stanfield Hunting Outfitters on Instagram. Also follow me, Andy underscore Shaver, and Jeff, Stanfield 68 on Instagram. <clears throat> but for the giveaway, all you got to do is follow Dive Bomb and Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Uh, tag three of your buddies, and that is it. They will draw a winner soon. And again, those dates are hunt the 13th, 14th, and 15th of November. It's going to be a hell of a time, and it's really one of those days that I'm looking forward to. So head on over to Dive Bomb Industries on Instagram and get entered to win. Also, be sure, leave us some reviews on iTunes. We love seeing those reviews. Be sure to message us. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, whatever, we love talking to you guys. So do not hesitate to send us messages. This podcast is brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. Happy days are here again. Dive Bomb Industries has given you a brand new promo code for being a good listener of the Big Honker Podcast. And what would that promo code be? Trump 2020. Common theme here, ladies and gentlemen, with the promo codes from Dive Bomb. Trump 2020 will save you 10% off of your entire order when you go to Dive Bomb Industries. Season's coming up. You need decoys. They've got decoys. Go to divebombindustries.com. Fill up your shopping cart. Use the promo code TRUMP2020 to save yourself 10% off at checkout. That's 2020. TRUMP2020 is in the big chief, our president, and someone I'm glad I support and vote. Was it okay for me to give a little political? Absolutely. New Pentel decoys coming out from Dive Bomb Industries. The contrast is going to be something that birds will key in on from a long way away. Use that contrast of the of the Drake Pentel to really stand out in the field. So you, you stole what I was going to say. Best part of having a Pentel decoy is the white. Standing out, baby. Just run, run them in your goose spread. Just throw them out on the edge of it. Bingo. So, divebombindustries.com. This show is also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Changing the game. Direct to consumer, direct to you. You go to them. No middleman. You know the price is already rock bottom, and they're starting to copper plate their BBs. And it only takes one. You don't have to shoot them three times to kill them. One shot, and they're dead. Won't make you a better shot, but the ones that you do hit will be dead. Go to BossShotShells.com. Get what you need. This show is also brought to you by 737, another direct-to-consumer. Dive on also direct-to-consumer. There's, there's a trend setting here in the there, business. There's, there's something going on here. 737. Oklahoma boys. Make calls in Oklahoma for people everywhere else. That's what the big guy in Texas. That's what I blow. The, the old number one. The old number one. Go to 737duckcalls. Look them up on Instagram, 737duckcalls. They're fun to follow on Instagram. This show is also brought to you by Lucky Duck. Spinners galore. 
Turkey decoys. Whatever you need. Motion. Varmint call. If you're going to field hunt, you got to run some spinners. The more the merrier. Yeah. Yeah. The more the merrier. If you're going to, if you're duck hunting in the field, load them up. Get six, seven, eight spinners and you will wax that ass. So. Run, run half the spread and double or triple up on your spinners. You don't need six dozen decoys. If you're going to run some decoys, run three dozen decoys and run five spinners. There you go. LuckyDuck.com, they can hook you up. This show is also brought to you by Athlon Optics. Great glass, crystal clear quality, rock bottom bargain price. Can't say enough about Athlon Optics. They're what I use. They what I use, they're what I use to scout. They also sell scopes, spotting scopes. They got everything that you need to see a long, long way away. AthlonOptics.com, hook yourself up. We're also brought to you by Sea Light LEDs. Put these bad boys on your trailer. That way you can see what you're doing in the dark. No more fiddling around in the dark. You're not 16 anymore. You don't need to fiddle around in the dark. Turn it on. See what you're doing. Illuminate the sky. Sea light LEDs. Put out that perfect decoy spread. We're also brought to you by William and Chris Wines. William and Chris Vineyards out of High Texas. Texas wine. Mother's Day's coming up. They You can get them at Central Market, Whole Foods, one of those upscale supermarkets. You can also go to their website, williamchriswines.com, and they will ship it to you. William Chris Wines, Texas wine at its best. Finally, last but not least, we're brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Taking, we're taking bookings right now. 2019-2020 season. Never too early. If you're looking for a great deal to take some clients or some friends to a family reunion, <clears throat> look at us for a dove hunt. We've got a weekend or two left in October. We've got some weekdays available. Perfect place to get away from the office, take 10 to 20 of your friends, come up and hunt Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. What a better way to kill a week than to come up and do a corporate dove hunt. That's stanfieldhunting.com, Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom. And welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. God Jesus Christ, damn, did it stoner. Again. Tried to do this the other what? day. What is that, your door? What was that noise? Oh, did you hear that? Well, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Jesus. What were you doing? I was closing my door. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Josh Stoner. He is the newest guide. He's coming all the way from the great state of Maryland. He's going to be a Texas and Oklahoma resident, November, December, and January. Uh, so, yeah, what a, what an introduction. You need to grease that door, it sounds like. It's those weather strippings on the bottom that screech along the bottom. I don't know how to fucking fix it. I think we are dealing with another Blake Poppy, it sounds like to me already. I don't, know. I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> now, are you a better hunter than Blake is? No, I wouldn't say that. I mean, when I was out there with them, I learned a lot from them, but I guess it's just from a different style of hunting. Blake is a very good hunter, and I'm going to tell you a story. Last year, 
Blake and Zach went and hunt, hunted with another outfitter one day or two days. So I don't remember what we did. We had we we put some guys with another outfitter and we ran some groups together. And they had a kid. Was that safe to say he's a kid, Andy? I'm not sure. And and Blake, okay, I'll tell the story. In a minute. I think he was a young guy, 18 to 20 years old. Anyways, he told Blake, "Not Blake, you need to, you need to, you don't call the shot. You let us handle that." <laughs> oh, okay. Blake, kind of like, what the fuck? Wow. <laughs> you just sit in your blind and shut the fuck up yeah, over there, Poppy. Yeah, yeah. Is basically what he was saying. Yeah. Like, who is this yeah, fucking so kid? He was using the Poppy method on Poppy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I wasn't there on that hunt, um, but I I heard about it. <laughs> the other outfitter, I told him he was like, "You shitting me?" I said, "No, we because I can't believe." It. He said, "I think he thought Blake was just a customer. He didn't realize he was a guide." <laughs> I thought, "How the hell do you not know Blake's a guide?" Gosh, I I, I don't know. Yeah, it it's uh, you know, and and he's easy to get excited. He, I don't know when he's excited, he's excited. I guess that I guess he's not too easy to get excited, but when he is excited, like that's all you hear about, and we heard right. we heard about that you quite a bit. It. Well, it's also because we threw it up in his face all the time too. Blake, don't call the shot today, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd sit in the A frame and we like Blake, you just take the day off, okay? Just sit over there. So, Josh, where'd you grow up at? Well, I grew up about 20 minutes north of Easton in a little thriving metropolis of Greensboro. Greensboro, Maryland. Line. That's right. How far are you one from Baltimore? Traffic line. Uh, probably an hour and 30 minutes. Now, you're a Steelers fan. Not a. How did that come about? Oh, I'm a big Steelers fan. Um, my grandfather on my mom's side, he and his family actually grew up in a suburb of Pittsburgh. And uh, just from my mom and him and my aunts and uncles just kind of fell into it at a young age and just stuck with it. Now, with as close as all the towns are out there, are there other Steeler fans that are close to you, or is everybody a Baltimore Ravens fan where you're at? You know, I mean, a majority of where I live is all Ravens fans, but, you know, I've been to a two of the games at NT Bank for the uh, Ravens Steelers. And it's always 50-50 on the fans. I mean, there's no right. Ravens are one-sided or Steelers one-sided. Now, I know a lot of people from Pittsburgh will drive down for the game, but even anywhere you go around here, there's a lot of Steelers fans. Well, the, the, the Ravens, though, are – they're not the old of franchise. Mm-hmm. Because they moved from uh, Cleveland, I think. No, they won it in two thousand. But they come from Cleveland. Yeah, they were the Browns. They were 90, 98 ish. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. So that was a that was before you boys' time. No, I remember Ray Lewis. No, 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 no. I'm talking about when they when Indiana, uh, the when the Baltimore Colts. Ravens went to the Colt Indianapolis. The Baltimore Colts were there, and they, you didn't know this, did you, Andy? You're fucking. Talking in circles. Yes, I know Baltimore was in. The, the Colts. Colts were in Baltimore. Correct. And they left. Right. And then Baltimore didn't have a team for a little while, if I'm correct. And then Cleveland moved to Baltimore right. and left Cleveland high and dry. And then Cleveland got a new franchise. So, are there a lot of Colt fans still in your area, or is everybody just a Ravens fan? Now, that was before our time, I think. Uh, there's a uh, – actually, the – excuse me, one of the hotels that are in St. Michael's, which is – right where I live. My girlfriend works there, and the owner was on the 
uh, winning Super Bowl team for the Baltimore Colts. Oh, shit. That's... <laughs> and, uh, I couldn't even tell you what year that was. Yeah. Baltimore Colts won the Super Bowl in like 70, 71, 72, somewhere in that time frame. I don't remember either. I don't. Oh, was it right? Was yeah. it right before the Steelers dynasty? Yeah, you weren't even alive when the Steelers had a dynasty. <laughs> You're like a Dallas Cowboy wow. fan that talks about this dynasty. I heard about it well, you could you can even read about it. It's history. Terry Bradshaw's still alive. He's doing fucking walk-in bathtub commercials now. He doesn't look good though. The the last no, couple times I, I saw him later in the season on because on, uh, they do Thursday night on Fox, he did not look very well. Well, if you've banged as many supermodels and young girls that he has, he's wore out. He was a coxman. I think a big time coxman. He was a the one the greatest quarterback of his time, probably. Fucking Terry Bradshaw. I bet he wished that they had hair transplants back then. I think he's pretty happy. No, because that would kill his look. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody he, knows him for old bald Terry. He, he was bald at an early age, like you see him. Uh, was a rookie. Yeah, he's bald. <laughs> he got fucked on that gene, but evidently he can sling a football. He, he was a good quarterback. They had the Pittsburgh Steelers had arguably those four years that they won the Super Bowl, which was over a six-year, five-year period, the greatest football team of all time at that time because they had oh, yeah. they had Hall of Famers on both sides of the ball. They were loaded. And the Dallas Cowboys in the early 90s had one of the greatest. Yeah. And, I, and I hate the Cowboys. But yeah. back, back back with that dynasty of the Steelers, was it Bradshaw doing a lot of the work? Yeah, they, they didn't have to throw the ball as much. He had two great receivers in Lynn Swan and John Stallworth. Franco Harris was all-pro running back. Rocky Blyer was her fullback. They had the defense was Jack Lambert, Jack Ham, MJ, um, Mean Joe Green, Elsie Greenwood. They had Donnie Shell was all-pro safety. But, I mean, they were loaded with Hall of Famers. So what are you thinking this year, Stoner? They've lost their number one wide receiver, lost their running back. You talking about Baltimore? No, I'm talking about Pittsburgh for oh. this year. As long as Dickhead's yeah. still quarterback and they're going to be good. And see, and that's another thing. Why is everybody doubting Big Ben this year? I didn't doubt him. I said as long as Dickhead is is playing is quarterback no, and they'll no, do no. good. I'm talking about on the post on Facebook. Everybody's like, "Oh, he shouldn't even be in the top ten or this or that." Yeah. And I'm just sitting back like, "What? What are you talking about?" He threw. He threw for the most yards. He's a great quarterback. Oh, he yeah. made. He he's he's fucked up a couple of games at the end of the year, but he played great. I, I think he Pittsburgh. Had, what, like, 5,100 passing yards? Yeah, yeah he's good. A, I think, Maybe I think 53. I can look it up real quick on our handy-dandy app. But I, I think it, I think he had 53, and I think Mahomes had 51. They're the biggest waste of talent in football last year, though, in the NFL. Yes, 100%. Who's that? The Steelers. The Steelers. Oh, yeah. ton of waste of But, you know, they've had some bad luck. They had Le'Veon Bell's a dumbass, and then that Shazier guy – Having that, you know, right. that getting hurt like that—that that was that's been a big loss to them. But well, I think I think Devin Bush is going to come in there and step up pretty quick and take over that role. Well, he is definitely going to be the worst dressed guy in the NFL. There ain't no fucking doubt about that. I lied. Roethlisberger had fifty-one twenty-nine, and Mahomes had five thousand ninety-seven. I believe is are, what it said. Are you going to show up at the Big Honker Lodge wearing that MC Hammer outfit that Devin Bush was? I mean, I could. I don't know if I make it big enough. <laughs> I'd love to see you in that. Just to have you walk in the lodge looking like that, and my customers would be like, what the fuck is that? 
That is Sir Stoner. He is taking you out in the morning. <laughs> Could you imagine? No. Where'd you get this geriatric truck from? <laughs> <laughs> so you live on the eastern shore. Cra- you, crab cakes and football. You grew up an hour from Africa, which is what I would call Baltimore, Maryland. Did you grow up hunting? I mean, how'd you get in the hunting deal? Your, your guide and how how'd all that all transform? Actually, I I really didn't start hunting until this was like 2005. My dad took me and did the whole hunter safety thing in Maryland, and he went out and took me deer hunting a few times. And I didn't start out waterfowl hunting. And then with his job, he kind of just got out of it and never really got back into it. But once I got into high school, like my freshman year, that's when I had a, had some older friends that could drive, and those are the really who got me into waterfowl hunting. And that was like 2007, 2008. And then from there, it was just a snowball effect. I mean, once you get into it around here, there's pretty much no going back from it. Okay, so the the, the first big influence in your area would be Sean Mann? Yep. Because, you know, everybody was friends with them. You either see him around town in Easton. And when we were younger, we go to the Waterfowl Festival. You always meet to him and talk to him. And uh, he was just always a stand-up guy. Nobody ever had anything bad to say about him. And that was really, at the time, the only big influencer I knew around that I had ever met. I got to tell you, we've had Sean on several times, and he is like a ball of fire. He's so incredibly knowledgeable, but oh, like it's ridiculous. He, he's just—he's so enthusiastic about it. It's—it's it's crazy. Oh, for sure. And when you meet him in person and talk, it's probably ten times worse. Really? You—you you guys will see him at the waterfowl festival when you come down. You'll understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah he's pretty wormy. Yeah, we're we're excited about that. But every time we have him on, like he's just he's shot out of a cannon and he's so positive about everything, it's crazy. Love it. He's a go, yep. go, go guy. Now, did uh what about Josh? Do you know Josh? Josh New Weller. Yes. Oh yeah, I know New Weller. He's one of the best goose callers ever. Oh, even to this day, I mean, he'll blow in contests sometimes, but he can only I think he got one more world live left that he can win, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's got three junior worlds, three senior worlds, and then two lives. So he's the most decorated. That's in that insane. Way. Does he hunt around you, where you live at? Uh, not necessarily where we hunt, but, I mean, within driving distance. I talk to him every few weeks, or when he's going crabbing. I'll see him down the marina that we leave out of. He usually ties his boat up there sometimes, and I'll talk to him. But I've been hunting with him a few times, but just here in passing. I keep up with him on Facebook. He's a he's very interesting young man to keep up with on Facebook. I can yeah, tell you. Got, that is true. He's got shit going on all the time. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. unbelievable. <laughs> Some bitch can believe he's called up. His wife was actually my science teacher in high school. She's a good-looking lady. Oh, you should have seen some of the kids in my class. Because <laughs> <laughs> back then, you know, she was, I mean, I say back then, it was eight, nine years ago. She was only, hell, mid-late 20s. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's a she great. got all these 16, 17-year-old kids in her classroom like, ah, oh, damn, this bitch <laughs> And they, they think that they can relate to her because yeah, she's, she's young enough where she's cool and like kind of in on some of the things that the kids have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's a very pretty lady, though. He done really well. He married way above his head. <laughs> um, the fun- what's that? I was going to say the funny part is she's like damn near a foot and a half taller than him probably. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's a she's a little guy. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with oh. that. So, um, do you know um, while we're talking Maryland, we had another guy that worked for us from Maryland. Yeah. Do you know Jimmy Wren? Jimmy Ren, yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy worked. Not, for, I mean, personally, a person, but I've talked to him. He worked here for a couple of years. He's a good hunter. He's uh, from Habit of Grace. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's uh, he still up in Ohio with Zing. Oh, last I heard, he was. He's like in charge of the whole eastern half of that company, the whole eastern eastern side of the united states last i heard it was like it was last i heard anything about him it was five or six years ago so things might have changed i don't know but the last i heard he was he was in charge of quite a bit there at uh mr fred zink's company that was before they sold out so i don't know yeah i don't know he he might not even be since they went with with the other company i don't know hadn't heard anything since then but the whole plano synergy deal yeah yeah i heard that was a clusterfuck when that happened I don't know, you know, a lot of moving parts. I don't know, um, you know, you hear things, but yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't, I don't know, know much about it. I think at first, from what I heard through the grapevine, they didn't know who was going to be in charge of what or this or that. Right. But they're still doing good. They got it all squared away, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, there's not a bigger, I mean, shit, is there a bigger name in Waterfowl right now than Fred Zink? No. As far as selling shit? No, but I bet he cashed in on that deal. A frames and decoys and just I mean, just the whole Avian X line. It's it's just they must have gotten it ironed out like you said, because everybody buys their shit. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to beat those A frames. No, no shit. That's, do you do but, you use those up there? Uh very rarely here. Uh-huh. But most of the time when I went traveling I mean, that's what 95% of everybody's using. Like, you know, we used them up with Blake in Nebraska, and then we used them in Michigan before, and uh, North Dakota. Shit, where else? Blake's the one that turned us on to them. Oh, dude, it's ridiculous. I mean, you can literally, and we'll get into that in a little bit, how we hunt here, but you can literally sit anywhere in the field and just, I wouldn't even hesitate to stick an A-frame in the middle of the field no matter what's in there. I can't wait for you and Andy to hunt together. We'll let you and Blake try that out. We'll, we'll show you a field here, and, and we'll see how you feel about that. But um, Andy's nervous as hell doing that. Blake and Zach will do <laughs> it, and Andy, he can't even sleep at night if they're doing that. I mean, You got to understand, like, around here, say we're in a bean field, and it's just, I mean, pretty much brown dirt at that point. There's not much fodder left. Yeah. We're hunting in permanent, you know, a-frame blinds or, you know, square blinds that have cedars on it, and they stay there all year. And you can consistently kill birds every day if the weather's right. Mm-hmm. They don't even think twice about it. How big of parties are y'all hunting up there? Uh, I'd say a big group. Uh, 
maybe five or six guys. No, were you you, you look, got tongue tongue tied here for a second? You were guiding for a guy in New York last year, right? Or was no, I, or I was, I was off on that? A local guy. Oh, a guy in Maryland. Okay, I was thinking it was yeah. New York for some reason. What do you mm-hmm. what What do you think about okay. the goose limits and stuff on the East Coast? Uh, that's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for everybody around here. Not just because I mean the hunting's still going to be a last year wasn't the best, but it's going to be hard for people to want to rebook just to come shoot one goose. Yeah. I mean, we're already shooting two. That's, you know, probably the lowest in the flyway. And, you know, some people still push it through year in, year out and come down. But I think this will be the year where you finally find who's going to be your diehard clients that you either had for years or you'll get new clients that just want to be out there with their kids and kids or whatnot. Yeah. It's definitely not going to be about the amount of birds they kill, that's for sure. No, and it, it, it really, it, you know, it's 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 sad to see, but I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's necessary. It sounds like the Atlantic Flyway is just incredibly unstable right now. It's, and the whole, the Mallard thing, mm-hmm. we really don't, I can count on one hand the amount of times in the state of Maryland that I've shot a full limit of Mallard. I mean, you can't go out, I mean, I, I won't speak for everybody, but I'll speak for the group of people that we hunt with. You can't go out and say, oh, we're going to go shoot a four-man of Mallards this evening or try to at least. It's, we'll go see what we can shoot, because it could be black duck, scadwall, widgeon, pintail, Mallards, anything. You never know what's going to come. So how do you, uh, how do you hide mainly in Maryland? You, obviously not an A-frame. Uh, there's a lot of pits, a lot of permanent pits. Some of them be concrete, some will be older wooden ones. And then we'll just take, you know, we'll cut grasses down and kind of bundle them up and lay it over top. And some of them got roller doors, some of them got flip doors. We use all flip doors. And then say we go down to the marsh and try to shoot divers, um, we either use, you know, one of the Avian X blinds or the Tangle Free panel blinds just because there's already existing marsh grass behind you. Right. Those pits, are you not, doing breakfast not too in many them? layouts. Do you do breakfast in the pits? Um, yeah. Just people can remember to bring the grill or the propane every time. <laughs> I guess that's a problem. Yeah, that's if it's one day it's the grill the next day it's all the propane's out or but mm-hmm. usually on the cold days we try to remember everything now do you run mostly uh full bodies when you're up there or do you dabble in the silhouettes um this year or this past season we mainly used i guess it was about 15 or 20 dozen dive bombs and then I don't know, maybe four or five dozen full bodies just to kind of break it up a little bit. But sometimes these big geese around here, they get a little finicky. They like to see, you know, some days they love the silhouettes and some days they love the full bodies. And then some days you just need to strong arm them and break out the old hand paint silhouettes and put out about two, three hundred of those. I saw you do that on uh, Snapchat. What, the black and whites and just groups of three. Oh, yeah. Weren't they, weren't they in kind of like a triangle frame? Uh, some of them they'll use 
either Y boards or V boards on the water, yeah. but we just kind of we'll just naturally set them up in like groups of three or fours, just because they're so big and heavy. You don't feel like lumping them around everywhere. I thought that they were all on that uh, on that Y board. Nah, not all of them. Yeah, if you get a say they'll build like a wooden tray, you can put all the hand paints in, and you get I don't know. 50, 60 on there. Shit, it takes two, three people to get it out of the back of a truck sometimes. Just because of the metal and the... Most of them use masonite, and masonite's not too light, but... Definitely not like carrying a bunch of dive bombs or full bodies around, that's for sure. I've got an antique, uh, one of those that's got mallards on it, just three of them, that a guy gave me that I think's really cool looking. Just old-timey stuff you don't see much no more. And that was pretty common on the East Coast. There's a lot of guys that still use like V boards and Y boards for uh, diver rigs. Yeah. Huh. Do you do much diver hunting? I, or I don't see much of that on your Instagram and stuff. We do, but it's one of those games where people will try to chase you at the boat ramp, so we kind of keep it on the down low. But that's I bet that's seventy five percent of what we do is diver hunt. Really. Mm-hmm. But you just try to keep it keep it low key that way people aren't following you around. So we started getting smart, and we'll use the public boat ramp, but we'll go to our buddy's private marsh, and obviously they can't come there. But you'll you'll get those people a day or two later. They'll be like, "Oh, I seen you down at such and such boat ramp. We didn't have much luck there. How'd you guys do?" <laughs> like, ah, shot a few, you know. Yeah. So uh, you, a private marsh you can put in on public land, but. You can't pass a certain place or area on if it's a private marsh? Yeah, so there's uh, the one that we hunt the most. It's called Fishing Bay, or hunt next to anyway. And it's like, oh, man, how much is it? Four or 600,000 square acres. It's huge. It's I called mean, the Atlantic it's, Ocean. Right on the Chesapeake. Yeah. But, uh... There's, I mean, there's private pieces in and out of it, and I mean, it just you pretty much bring up a map online, or it'll show you the lines. Like, you can be here, but if you go ten foot that way, it's private land; you can't be marked on it. And usually, you got to stay. I think it's two hundred fifty yards away from each other. Well, that's handy that they spell it out for you like that. Oh yeah, and when nobody crowds yeah. you. Do you, how much of the of the uh, resident hunting do you do early season? It's really the last few years it hasn't been what it was. Mm-hmm. But around east and there's some residents, but there's really nowhere you can hunt them or people that will let you hunt them just because all the they either got not too much sweet corn down here or there's not much wheat getting cut or anything. But up where I grew up. There's a lot of uh, feed yards up there, so they do a lot of uh, silage for sweet corn and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, gosh, we used to go out there. That's when we would take, like, 10, 15 head and just try to shoot as many as you can because you can use extension plugs all the way up until, I think it's, like, September 1st to September 15th. You can, you know, there's no plug. and That's crazy. You can shoot. You can shoot eight per person. Wow. Yeah, it's on radio. That's crazy. And what what kind of flock big flocks or are they all just still in their in their little family sections? 
we've had them sometimes they'll come just one big mob of like two or three hundred i mean that's if you're shooting residents you're not gonna see more than at least 300 birds nothing right. bigger all day but, that, that's what you're hunting you're hunting the field oh uh, yeah that's what birds. you're hunting all day yeah and if they come all at once you're kind of screwed aren't you yeah but if you got people who are shooters and you know they can move on to the next bird and, or either stay on the same bird and shoot it till it falls. You can either walk out with five or you can walk out with 50. It all depends. Yeah. But more times they're in small groups, like five, six, eight at a time. That's perfect right there. Hey, how, what's the limit on black ducks there? Uh, two. And see, I would think that would be a destination pace for people to go just to shoot a black duck. There is a lot of people that'll come. Uh, there's some people around here that'll offer, you know, puddled up hunts, but you really can't. Most of the places that people are hunting around here, it's either, you know, you're shooting divers and a few puddles or you're waiting out the long haul to shoot puddle ducks. Yeah, Jeff Coates was on with us and he was telling us about, I don't forgot how far out they were hunting and they were shooting, they shoot wood ducks. I can't remember. I think they were they shot some freaking wood ducks out in the middle of the ocean. Oh, we were just this last year. We were sea duck hunting, pretty much in the middle, almost to the shipping channel in the bay. You know, it's it's a good four or five miles each way to land, and there's widgeon and cattle out there buzzing the decoys. Now, obviously, they're not in season, but you know, once they come in, shit, I, you, there's no saying what you could shoot out there. Mm. it's funny because the widgeon will actually <laughs> you'll see them follow the divers they for some reason they really like to follow redhead and canvas backs. they steal their food and and yeah when they dive down they come back up there's a widgeon will just run up and steal their food from them and keep <laughs> on trucking yeah they're they're bad about that little shitheads uh, oh it's hilarious that's crazy to be out that far out in the, the salt water and to have something like that happen, just to see that kind of stuff. See a damn widgeon out there stealing food. Well, you're going to be a long way from home when you're laying on your ass back here in West Texas. Long way from down uh, at ocean and salt water and them crabs. That's fine. I told Andy I'd bring crabs with me. I'll make crab cakes. I'm all for that. There you go. So we're going to be up there in November. Where, have you got our spots picked out where we're going to hit? The best food, best drinks, all that good stuff. You tell me what you want to eat, and we'll go there. Seafood. There's there's a different, well, seafood, obviously. That's year-round here. Well, that's what we want. Y'all don't have ceviche there, so my next favorite thing is lobster and crab. Ceviche? What the hell is that? That is Mexican fish. It's raw fish with pico. Do you know what pico de gallo is? Yeah. With pico... And they take lime juice or lime or lemon juice, and they squirt it all over the fish, and the the acid cooks the fish. You eat it on crackers with a little bit of hot sauce on it. Whoo, make you slap your mama. Man, I don't know about that. I you eat you eat lobster and crab. Yeah, but something about raw fish. It's not time. raw. They they spray. The lime cooks it. The lime cooks it. It's cooked. So he says. Oh. It's not red. It turns white. Yeah. You can see it. It's good shit. I'm telling you. The acids cook it. You eat well, fucking Chinese food? Yeah, I eat Chinese well, food. Well, fuck, then you got any ceviche, same shit. Just Mexican seafood, Mexican Chinese food. It's good. I'm telling you, it's the best shit in the world. It's better than sushi. No, I don't know about I that. Know about I like that. sushi. I love sushi. And you're worried about eating raw yeah. fish and you eat fucking sushi? I love sushi. Yeah, but oh. 
Mm. I'll take your word for it. It's it's but now it's, that time of year, man, you'll be getting there to prime oysters. Raw oysters, a little bit of hot sauce. Oh. Man. I'm already looking. I'm not a big oyster eater, though. I love them. I'm not a big oyster eater. I mean, they're all right. I this is a bucket list trip. I've always wanted to get up there for this, and I'm really excited. I want to go to the museums. What I want to do, and I hope uh, the one in Havocase. Yes, ain't that where the big waterfowl museum is? Yeah, the decoy museum. Yes. Yep. That's uh. It's a little bit of a ride from Easton. It's probably an hour and 20 minutes. We're from West fucking Texas, and an hour and 20 minutes is not very far. That's our closest Walmart. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Oh, well, hell. So what, uh, what are your, what are your, predi- what are you thinking um, this waterfowl season? What have you heard about uh, some of the nesting grounds? Well... The biggest thing I've seen lately is it's still fucking snowing everywhere. Yeah. That's got me concerned. You know, is, is it going to shortstop what birds are trying to make it back and just end up, you know, making home in the Dakotas or Minnesota or whatnot? Well, there's plenty or, of water. Well, that's the only good thing. But if it keeps getting cold like that, I don't know if it's... Uh, I don't know. It I'm, be touchy. I'm nervous. I... I want a good hatch. Everybody wants a good hatch, but we went through hell here with some smart, smart geese for a good stretch of the season. So I really, I hope they have a good hatch. I could give a shit about the snow geese, you know, whatever. I don't hunt them. But the lesser Canadas, God almighty, just give us a good hatch and a little bit of winter, and we will be set because there's a lot of food down here. Well, yeah, you look at it that way. You made it through last year just, you know, getting by. Imagine if it's a little bit better this year, how easy it'll be. Just a little bit better is all I want. Just a little. It yeah. doesn't have to be, It doesn't have to be. you know, every day just fold up and, and right into the decoys. Just a, a little bit better. Even Work. mentally, it'll be better on you. Has Blake warned you about working down here anything? Has he said anything negative about anybody but other than Andy? Nah, he told me you have a one beer limit every night. Yes, but Blake's never listened to that. <laughs> Blake pushes. He that. don't know how big a fucking one beer is. He he thinks that, that means that, like that was his, that was his biggest biggest thing that he told me. Well, he, I've never seen him stop on one beer. Blake thinks like if we're out to eat, Blake thinks if his glass never gets empty, that it's still the same beer. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a good mentality to have. Well, you're gonna fit in good he's with a, Blake. He's he's a good he's a he's a glass half full kind of guy. Every day he uh, and when we time. go out and eat. And we order a pitcher of beer right when we're fixing to leave. Blake never it never fails. Can we get in our pitcher of beer, please? One more pitcher. Please. I'm like, I we're fixing to leave, bud. It's time to go. Whoa, golly, I just wanted another drip glass. Uh, those those boys can drink out there. Did, did I? I don't know if Blake told you when uh, we were out there for like I uh, was like twenty days staying at Scott Mosel's house. So every morning we would get up to go hunting you know it's shit three thirty, four o'clock sometimes old scotty mosel the 30 year old virgin <laughs> was it was a virgin was uh, that's right god he found a sweet lady for him in the um, cab of a truck with her son in their house <laughs> well at least she did it without the son being in the room <laughs> well, that's true but we would get up to go hunting 
he would get up, Scott would get up, walk to the fridge, crack open the Coors Latte. Jesus. I was like, Scotty, what are you doing? He's like, man, I got got to go take care of the cows. I got to go ride around and get to work. I said, well, fuck, you know, it's 4.30 in the morning, bud. <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't do that. Jesus. Yeah, but no, you can't you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. That's true. If you feel like shit, you might as well bite the bullet. See, I don't. I've never done that before. I've never felt like shit and then hammered a beer. So I don't know if that works or not. I tried it one time and it kind of took the grogginess away. Yeah, but the headache stayed there all day. See, when I get sick though, like I get, I'm nauseous, and the last thing I want is a fucking chase it with a beer. Because I can guarantee you that's going to come right back up. Beer's fine. Liquor, no thank you. Have you have you tried any of that? They've got this no hangover stuff now. Huh? Yeah. You you take it, you drink it before you go out drinking, and supposedly you don't have a hangover. Oh, that thing that was on Shark Tank or whatever. I think it might have been. We've got a liquor store here called Specs, and it's all over the place there. I think it's called, what the fuck is it called? It's not called no hangover, but it's supposed to not give you. It's supposed to you, you're supposed to be able to drink and feel great the next day. Well, I don't drink that often, and I can only think of the last two times that I drank too much and I felt like shit both times. But going into that day, I wouldn't have taken that because I didn't plan on drinking that much anyways. Well, you got to have a plan. Well, when you get older, you don't have plans to go get drunk. That's not like a plan. That's a kid plan. That's a young person plan. I can't remember the I, last time I thought, you know, I'm gonna go up and get <laughs> fucked up tonight. Just don't do that. If I usually drink that much and I get home, I'll pop a few ibuprofen and drink a bottle of water. And that usually, <laughs> yeah. they usually take care of it in the morning, but my old lady keeps Pedialyte in the fridge, so if it ever gets too bad, I'll just sleep some of that, I guess. How old are you? 26. I can tell you, from a 31-year-old, the hangovers get way, way worse. Some about hitting yeah. 30. Hold on. Hey, Ed, do hangovers hurt worse at 50 than they do at 30? Do hangovers hurt worse at 50 or 30? I think you'll never. <laughs> he can't tell the difference. When Ed gets Ed said he can't tell the difference, but when he gets drunk, he just stays drunk. So he doesn't deal with the hangover for quite a while. There you go. But um So are you married, Josh? No, I'm not. I do have a loving girlfriend now. It's been I think four years. What are you waiting on? We don't really Hell, I don't know. Money. That shit's expensive nowadays. You think it's going to get any cheaper once you marry her than it is now? No, I'm talking about having the wedding in general. You know what? Bring her here. I can marry you right here at the lodge. He really can. Are you an ordained minister? He's no, a, I'm no, a judge. No, but he's a judge. It'd be, it'd be legal in the law's eyes. Oh, man, that's great. I'll have a my uncle at a ranch in South Texas. I'll just have a honeymoon there when we get done. Yep, you just get married here. Bring her here and I can do that. The vows and everything right here and be finished. Walk out the door. You don't even have to pay me $25 or whatever it costs. Oh, I'd give you 25 bucks, Jeff. That's all right. I'd, I'd rather just use it towards your wedding gift. So you've been together four years. You're hitting the road this year. Is is she ready for the, for the days without Josh Stoner? Well, she's been through three, three full spring seasons with me. Um, where did you, you go? Know, going, yeah, where'd you go for there? Well, I worked for this Top Gun guide service, Matt Cop, at uh, Rochester, and uh, 
was started in Arkansas and went all the way up to South Dakota. So she's and, used to it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you hear everybody say it. If you can last a full season doing spring snows day in and day out, I think you can you can almost make it anywhere. Just because so the that, pace is just incredible during snow uh, season. Some days you're getting home at six thirty, seven o'clock at night. Some nights you're getting home at one one a.m. and you got to get around and get back up in two hours. Or sometimes you just go straight to the fucking field. You just never know. Mm. That I I I I can't do that. I can't do it. Well, that's why I didn't do it this year. <laughs> you <laughs> you realized after so many years that you couldn't do it either anymore. Yeah, I said three years of this is enough. I'll uh, I'll cut back to going and doing the the good stuff down in Texas. You got enough. You got enough memories to last you a lifetime. You don't need year four. Oh man, some of the shit you see out there, it's unreal. The one thing that I can't understand it, it, it's. I would assume most of the guys that are paying these people to do it are all younger guys. I can't think of a whole lot of 65-year-old guys that pay to to put up with, you know, the conditions that snow goose hunters are faced with. You talking about clients or yes. people working? No, clients. There's, I, I bet it was probably 50-50. Really? Young guys versus older guys, yeah. That shocks me because our old guys are spoiled. Yeah, because I had a bunch. I I had more groups this year. You know, you've heard us talk about the way we hide in the peanuts. We dig the hole. We sit on the ground. Blah 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 yeah. blah blah. I had more groups this year ask where their trash bags were that they could put underneath them so that they didn't have to sit directly on the dirt. Oh fuck! And then I'm thinking, if you fuckers just knew about spring snow goose season and the mud and the Man. muck and, and and all the shit that you got to put up with. You know, I'll tell you what did me in that last year when all that rain and flooding hit Arkansas mm-hmm. in two thousand spring of two thousand eighteen. Oh, man, I just ungrateful bastards. God bless. Yeah. No I've, matter what the fuck you did out there, they just they wanted one extra mile out of you. I think this spring I mean, was of even course worse. You got to give it to them, but oh yeah, I have no idea about this spring. <laughs> yeah, it was bad, 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 bad. Flooding every day, tornadoes, everything. You earn your money I'll, as a snow goose hunter. Yeah. They, uh, I was only in one tornado in the spring season, and I was in Mound City, Missouri. Uh, two, it, two years ago? Yep. Yeah. I know two some, years ago. I know some guys that were there at a restaurant when it hit. We were at a little gas station. That come across, it actually came across the west side of um, the refuge there. And uh, we were at the gas station right there, and it passed probably a mile and a half from us. I think it was like an F two, F three, something like that. Well, F one will blow F one will blow your house down. So, <laughs> oh yeah, it was. I mean, an F one won't blow your house down. No. Oh, you're so full of shit. Oh, dandy. It, it got dark and red, and fucking train, and oh man, anything you see on the movie after that is. <laughs> cows flying by what did it do to what did it do to the geese that were there did they just hunker down on a on a on a roost lake and just wait it out or, or what did they do were they scattered yeah, everywhere the, the time it came through it was about i think it was like five thirty in the afternoon five thirty or six o'clock so all the geese were off the refuge you're out feeding at that time so i don't really think it affected but Maybe the thousands of cripples that stay there, but I mean, it was nuts. 
it damn sure moved Absolutely some uh, moved some decoys around, didn't it? Oh, for a day and a half, we had to help a couple other guys go round up decoys or fix their spreads or help them out. <laughs> Jesus, that's crazy. I've always wondered what what like a bad storm will do to uh, waterfowl if they just hunker down or if they try to move ahead of it. I don't know. It's me. Especially like 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 not if they're you know if they're in their in their nesting ground I'm I'm sure they just stay there but right like if they're in a spot where they've got no connection to they're just there because that's where they're at in their migration I wonder if they try to leave ahead of it I don't know yeah I don't know I've never even thought about it I imagine a lot of them where where I was would push over in Nebraska across the river yeah or head up towards like uh, what's that Sioux City. <laughs> There's two falls. So, do you do uh, you do many field duck hunts in Maryland? Here? Yeah. Man, that's a gamble. You got to be in the right place, at the right time for it. Really? Yeah, we shot some. We shot some this year in the field, but that's because we had. I'm sure you saw on my Snapchat some of the season that big ass pond. Yeah. And then it's right right off Paris Creek, which is a big. Um, creek coming off the bay and when they were just hopping back and forth you know we put out i don't know a dozen dozen and a half full body ducks and more time they were just caring about the goose decoys anywhere but we shot a couple yeah so it wasn't anything crazy so it is, field duck hunting is just a gamble out there it is now the further down south you get like uh kind of like towards delaware or um, like Dorchester County, some spots if it freezes up good enough, you know you'll shoot a bunch of them in the field just because they have to eat somewhere. But right. with all the the brackish water and stuff up where we are, the, it takes a lot for it to freeze. So y'all's ducks aren't feeding in the fields to feed. They don't feed there until they're forced to feed. Like where we're hunting at, they're coming to feed because that's their food source. Yeah, I mean, shit, I'd say. You know, I couldn't even put a percentage on it, but they'll feed in the water any chance they get. Now, there's some, like, some of the mallards and stuff, and, like, the widgeon did it this year. They'll start in the pond, but then they'll walk out with the geese a little bit and eat a couple beans and then just hop right back into the water. But I think they're just doing that because they're lazy and don't want to fly. Yeah. How much How much experience do you have with lessers out there, or do you just get the big guys? No, we don't get any little geese. You shoot a lesser, everybody in the town will know. Really? They're like, God damn, he shot a lesser today. Oh, shit, where's that at? <laughs> so, uh, have you have you hunted many lessers? Um, what was it? Two, it was two years ago, I went out to uh, western Nebraska, not pretty much Scott's Bluff area. And I was sitting up there with um, Austin Coffman and Taylor Lackey and Ethan Kirk, and we got into a bunch of lessers while I was out there, and that was for a week. And then with Blake, when I went out there a few years ago, we just hunted mainly big geese on the river. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was many lessers around, but it's a totally different ball game compared to what you got on there. Right. On big geese anyway. So this will this will be yeah. this will be a fun year for you. I always like taking guys that uh, oh for sure don't have a ton of experience with lessers. It, it, it's a lot of fun. 
a whole lot. Like of I kind of got the, I won't say I got the basic concept, but you can see, I got to see how they acted on crappy days and on the good days. And they're definitely complete 180 from what I'm used to hunting. But it'll be fun. It'll be learning. That's all it is. Big learning experience. Yeah. Well, well that's right. Have some thick skin and a good sense of humor and it'll be a fun year. I think I got that. That's that's the most important part. We'll pick on Blake. Yeah, I was just saying I can put up with Blake. I think I can put up with about anybody. Blake's about one of the easiest guys I've ever had work for us. I there's a couple other guys that fit in right off the bat like he has, but man, he walked in from day one and just blended right in with us. As soon as he spilt his plate the first night here, <laughs> we knew we knew we had something with him. Well, he had to show you the true poppy. Yeah. yeah he's a fucking slob. <laughs> I mean, he had been here 30 minutes. He pulls in, dinner time, makes a plate, comes in the office, goes to sit down with it, and drops it right at his feet on the on his fucking mocks. Did he at least pick it up and try to eat some of it, or <laughs> did he just get a new plate? He just said, oh, fuck. And we knew right there what, what kind of guy Blake was going to be. Yeah, but he did. He fit right in. But he's a good guy. He's a good guy, and he's fun to be with. We have a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. Poor Andy, he gets kind of left out. So you, you you might have to hang out with Andy some because Andy's like left out Leroy with Zach and Blake. Well, I don't know how much Zach's going to hunt this year, though. Well, I don't either. But when hunting season gets here, we'll see. Zach's Zach's kind of a wild card, but well, you know, as soon as Blake gets down there for the long haul, Zach's going to be like, ah, I guess I'll come every day. Yeah. yeah. Usually Zach gets fired up about hunting season. About late August, he yeah. starts. Zach's great at whatever he does. He's gung-ho for about four or five months. Mm. And then after that, it gets old and he wants to try something new. But he's all in for those four or five months. Yeah, 100%. Especially the first month. He's got good zen going for him. And he's his, his feng shui or whatever it is is really good, but. It don't take long. First time that things don't go his way, it starts going away pretty fast. <laughs> Where Blake never, Blake is never hardly down. Which is, nah. that, I think that's why Zach and Blake do so well together. They they balance each other out. Yeah, one Jing and one Jang. Zach Zach knows Blake has to pick him up every time. Yeah, yeah. Blake get the the ego going. Blake got a little upset. I think he. I think that wore on him a little bit this last year. What? Always having to pick Zach up. I can see why. He's like, "Fuck, we're, we're hunting. <laughs> it's gonna. You know, you're gonna have your tough days." So, yeah. I don't know. Blake. Blake's not always one to. Uh, and then there's nobody to pick poor Blake up. Well, God dang, he weighs three hundred pounds. <laughs> I don't know. It's gonna be a great year. I'm excited. Uh, I'm ready for it to get here. We could just fast forward through these summer months. I know you're ready to get off of the Chesapeake. Oh man, it's it's repetitive every day, loading barges and just trying to deal with people, looking at specs and whatnot. It's oh god, it's frustrating. But you're making the Chesapeake great again, so I am making the Chesapeake great again, one one day at a time. And I can't wait for these crab cakes. Yep. That's going to be a good time. Oh, it's fuck, it's good, man. We want to go eat. When we get down there, we want to go eat somewhere on the water and eat seafood. That's what we want to do. There's a place right where I live called Foxy's. They got this, uh, they take a pretzel and then they put crab dip and cheese and stuff over top of it. Oh, fuck, it's good. That sounds pretty damn good. We love to eat wherever we go. So when we're up there in November... 
You'll have to show you'll have to show us the way, Sir Stoner. Well, man, I really appreciate you coming on. We're gonna get out of here. I know you got better shit to do. Andy's got some steaks uh, to grill. Go go kiss that uh, pretty girlfriend of yours. Yeah, well, I appreciate you guys having me on. And you bet. Thank you for the opportunity to come down there. We'll see you in November, man. I'm looking forward to it. All right, man. You guys take care. Hey, you see take you, care buddy. and be safe. Bye. You got to cook steaks, don't you? Yep. All right. Go to Instagram. You got one week from when this show comes out, next, May 27th, on Dive Bomb Industries. Go to their Instagram. Follow them. Come to us. Follow us. Like on their on the, or like both of them. Follow us. Go to theirs. Go and tag three friends, and you're set. And that's basically it right there. And we're going to have a giveaway for three day hunt in November. Lodging, breakfast, and some decoys and boss shot shells too. Be a good time. Make sure that you're entered. All right. You got anything else going on? That's it. All right. God bless y'all. Have a great day.